0: Hi folks, and welcome to a special bonus episode of the Forbidden Planet International Podcast. I'm Peter, and today we're interviewing Fraser Campbell. Hello. Hello. Oh, how, how are you good? doing? Yeah, good, is Fraser, you might know as the writer of such comics as Sleeping Dogs and Alex Automatic, and of course the Kickstarter champion <laughs> uh, of, <laughs> of uh, The Edge Off, which we'll talk about later on. So here we go. But first of all, Fraser, tell us about yourself. How did you first uh, get into comics?
1: Oh, well, I I liked comics a lot when I was a kid. Uh, uh, This was obviously eons ago. Uh, Don't say that, I think we are about the same age. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, obviously before we had specialist comic shops like this one. Mm -hmm. Uh, So I would go down to the post office or the grocer's Mm -hmm. and... You just go what you got back in those yeah. days. I bought, I, I bought. I, I can remember. Uh, I, I bought all the sort of British comics, and you just got your comics just appeared in the house. You know, it's like you got your Willie annuals and yeah. Brin's annuals at Christmas mm. and and Dandy and people just bought your comics all the time because back then they were they cost nothing. Yep. five like p for an issue and things like that. But uh, my introduction to like to American comics was, I guess, partly through British reprints. Yeah. Uh, things like Rampage and Hulk and oh, nice. uh, and stuff like that. Mm. And uh, what else was? There? And the Titans that was a that was a reprint. Yeah. And you got Beautiful. these like sort of weird kind of A4 half page.
0: Yeah, kind of like so
1: the sort of landscape. Were, yeah, 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 the, yeah, the maps, landscape comics. Yeah. That's that's the one Tommy sells. Came out the way private eye was. was
0: yeah, yeah. To so something. I got them.
1: Obviously, we'd no idea that they were really, you know, single <laughs> pages that were cut in half and put across. You know, just yeah. to I guess just to pad out a page count, mm-hmm. but uh, and make these old reprint comics last a bit longer. Yeah. Uh, it was all like sort of Sal Buscema and, and Jack Kirby stuff, and uh, stuff. George Perez and yeah. Gil Kane and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. So it was all amazing looking stuff. And then occasionally they would get a batch of uh, you know like you know newsstand mm-hmm. American comics, and you would get like a. A random all-star squadron or a, a copy of the titans or batman or something yeah I, it was usually dc stuff where i was mm-hmm. you got we got marvel stuff in the reprints but uh yeah, newsstand yeah. stuff tended to same, be dc yeah, so yeah. uh so yeah i mean so it was just a mixture of stuff and then i kind of fell away i read comics quite quite consistently up until i was about maybe 12 or 13 mm-hmm. and then i got into uh like heavy metal and uh discovered girls heavy metal music as opposed yeah. to the, the magazine well that's a, yeah well I'd, I hadn't even heard of, it, of that at that time but yeah I wrote rock music and, yeah. and you know I started to notice girls and stuff like that mm. uh, so I kind of fell away from comics for a couple of years and then funnily enough through liking heavy rock uh, mm. there was an article in Krang Right. By uh, Dave Dixon who wrote an article about the kind of resurgence of American comics with like mm-hmm. the killing joke and Dark Knight Returns Most and 80s. Miller's yeah. yeah, Miller's Daredevil Run and stuff yeah. like that. And I read that, it was just like two or three pages okay. in the in the in the magazine. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it just sort of you know, I thought like, well this sounds amazing. I've got a Find these comics, and then it's through that I kind of discovered oh, it's actually a place you can come to to, to buy these comics. Now I don't yeah. I don't have to you know I don't have to look, sort of search endlessly for these things. <laughs> so I uh, actually came here this oh, very right. this okay. very place. Oh wow! And maybe nineteen eighty six or seven. No, we opened in eighty eight. I think so. Really? So yeah, well, well, there so, you go. Then yeah, it must it's, have been eighty eight. Anniversary then. this year. Right. Well, there you go. So it must have been so, as late as that. Then it must have been wow, eighty eight. Okay. So I would have been eighteen. Yeah. And uh, when I read that then. And uh, and I came up and I got all the stuff that he'd recommended mm-hmm. and uh, picked up stuff like uh, Doom Patrol, oh, uh, Animal Man. Yeah, Pete Mulligan was doing I think Shade at that time as well. Yeah, shade was nuts. Uh-huh. I just thought of stuff. I, I must have spent a fortune. Mm. Uh, although again back then I can remember uh, it wasn't a fortune. <laughs> <'cause then. laughs> comics were seventy pence each. Yeah. Uh if you got them advanced, if you not just bought the newsstand ones They were like fifteen P cheaper. Uh, so <laughs> it was crazy, I know, but, but yeah, but I still I must have spent a fortune 'cause I bought uh, I started buying Daredevil. Anna Senti and John Romita Jr that's a great run but no one ever talks about it absolutely brilliant run, absolutely adore it everyone talks about Miller, but then how do you follow that well she she really did follow it and and John Romita Jr's uh, early work, it was really really powerful Uh Uh, I loved that run I uh, I know a lot of people who who, that's uh, that's got quite a a bit of underground traction that run, I think a lot of people really like Mm -hmm. that but yeah, especially the, the Inferno stuff Inferno uh, was, so Inferno was the... a lot, kind, of weird, yeah, kind of weird crossover that mm-hmm. probably didn't work in a lot of comics, but I Anne it really made it work. Yeah. Made uh, in humans, you had like and Gorgon kicking about. That's right, wild. yeah. Yeah. Huh? yeah, it was a
0: terrific, great one. And the, oh, what's the clone girl's name? Well,
1: oh, Typhoid Mary. Uh, no, the other one, no. the
0: one that was signed, oh, that's going to bug me. I'll make look at But yeah, I it was
1: a good, fantastic one. But yeah, no, that was great. So you know, so comics were in rude health, obviously, at mm. that time, American comics. And, and, true, and, and again, sort of just. I lived in Ayrshire, so mm-hmm. my access to comics in, like, Cormarnock, for example, would have been, like, 2080, that was a bit, Deadline
0: was oh, of course, on the go yeah, then,
1: yeah. and I think uh, Crisis had just started round about yeah. that time as well. So I was just reading <coughs> anything I could get my hands on, uh-huh. to be honest. Uh, I was just totally totally hooked back in. I, I don't know quite why uh, I fell in so hard mm-hmm. into comics, I'm just, because that just took over, yeah. took over from music. Uh, and everything, and, and and that became the the main thing that I, mm-hmm. I did with my spare time. Cool. And at what point did you think, hang on, I can do this? Well, this would again in the early nineties, I guess. Uh, I I was at college, and I met, funnily enough, my good friend and and uh, an artist on on the edge of uh, mm-hmm. Ian Laurie Rock him. Uh, at college in nineteen ninety, uh, and he actually, I think, what happened was. Uh, early in the course when I didn't really know anybody, I was about ten minutes early for a lecture Mm -hmm. and I pulled I happened to have the Dark Knight Returns trade with me so I pulled it out and started reading it. So I must have read that book about a hundred times. Yeah. So I was just reading it and then afterwards he says, Oh my god, you like comics and it was Mm -hmm. like this was the first, you know, sort of grown up person that I also (laughs) knew that 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 liked comics and didn't just go, What are you doing? Why why are you doing this for your time? and thought it was strange. Mm. So we, we hit it off straight away, obviously discovered we had a lot of the same tastes at that time in, in, in movies and TV shows and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. We both loved, you know, Vic and Bob were, uh, yeah, were on Channel 4 at the time yeah. doing Big Night Out, and, mm-hmm. you know, that was a, a revelation. And then, obviously, the we were both into like sort of Chris Morris mm-hmm. and... Uh, that kind of comedy yeah uh, so yeah so we hit it off for there and um, I, I've lost I've lost track of the question now what was that <laughs> just what made you think well, what made you well really uh, yeah so works, we yeah. Yeah, on that course we yeah. ended up having to do uh, a, a graphic design module we ended up mm-hmm. making you know, let's make a comic so we did cool. and we kind of made it was dreadful though we ended up making wee sort of comedy zines yeah for a while mm-hmm. uh, after that but obviously this is at a point in time where you couldn't really get decent print quality for, a, for, for not all that yeah. much much money. Mm-hmm. It would it cost a lot of money to make uh, something nice, mm-hmm. so we just C-Rock scenes. I would make them in a in a wee print shop and stuff like that. It'd just be A five, yeah. just folded over and stuff like that, mm-hmm. doing it you know cheap and cheerful. Mm-hmm. I would just sold them around pubs and record shops and stuff like All that right, back okay. then. Uh, and then, we kind of I fell away from doing that. And then uh, my wife and I uh, moved up to Glasgow when I left college and went to university. And I started doing just more sort of fanzine stuff there. Mm-hmm. And really it wasn't until, I guess, about 2011, really, Right. when I went down to Thought Bubble for the first time. I uh-huh. hadn't been to a big convention. I'd kind of fallen away from comics for a couple of years. I'd been writing, but I'd, done, I'd been doing stuff like theatre and, right, uh, okay. and, and radio and stuff like that. Uh-huh. And I'd done a wee bit there. And, uh, you know, I, I used to be in a... I used to write for a comedy sketch troop and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Just any kind of writing I was interested in. Yeah, but I went. I, I went mm-hmm. to uh, Thought Bubble in twenty eleven, and that's as you'll probably know, the the sort of big showcase for yeah. indie comics in yeah. in Britain, and just seeing what 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 people were doing and what they were able to produce and the production standards right. they were able to. Achieve was was a massive eye opener for me. Yeah, I came away from that thinking mm, this is maybe something I could do. Mm-hmm. But that kind of that idea maybe lingered for a couple of uh, for a couple of years. It was, it was really only when I came back from New York Comic Con mm-hmm. in twenty fourteen, and that was when Ian and John, Ian John, Lees John Lee's had done, and then Emily was going, uh-huh. which had been a big success for them. Mm-hmm. And we were over there. We had a brilliant time, and it was just really talking to them and some of the American creators. So I thought, yeah, well. And they're all kind of, where's your comic? Where's your comic? Because I'd yeah. been doing a few things with Ian, but just online sort of web stuff and that, and I hadn't really been uh, dipping my toe in seriously. Mm. And, so, and it was then, really, that I came away with the idea that, yeah, I'm going to have a, a proper serious go and see if I can actually do this, see yeah. if I'm any good at this. And that that's basically where, where Sleeping Dogs came from, really. Yeah. I came back from America kind of determined to make a comic. Mm-hmm. And and if, you know, you know, just I just do it myself... Yeah. Uh, pay for it, myself and all that kind of stuff. So, so that's how that that's how that ended up. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, so the kind of through line from reading comics as a kid to yeah. to where I where I am kind of now, just producing comics.
0: That's
1: fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's that. So that, as I say, takes us through to to, to,
0: to the making of Sleeping Dogs. Indeed. Yeah. That's my next question. How did that all come
1: about? I mean, how did you have other artists in mind first of all? or I, I approached a few artists actually, yeah, because obviously I wrote a script for it, which is the easy part, really. Uh, it's not easy in any way, shape, or form, but, but it's easy in as much as you can, you know, you at least control that aspect yeah. of it. You either do it or you don't. So I had a script mm-hmm. and I let John read it and I let Ian uh, read it, and they were mm-hmm. very helpful and gave me loads of feedback and stuff like that. So they gave me the confidence to, to think that, well, maybe, you know, I can approach some artists about this and. And, and, and get this made, it's good enough to yeah. to be made. They're saying this is a good script. because mm-hmm. yeah, you know, sort of obviously confidence is a big issue when you're you're trying something yeah. You're you're trying to do something to a decent standard, uh, mm-hmm. when you've not done it before, you don't mm-hmm. you know, you're, you're kinda of relying on your mates to go yay or nay really for you. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> uh, which obviously you'll experience if you're in the writer's group and stuff like that, you yeah. you'll get you know, mm-hmm. the kinda of, Honest feedback is, is essential. <laughs> I approached a few artists about it, mm-hmm. uh, who were either too busy or too expensive for me to hire. I was talking to Ian about it on a on a night out at the pub, and uh, said I'm really struggling to get somebody who I think kind of suits the tone of the book, yeah. and is in my price range, yeah. which uh, you know, which you know was as little as possible, basically. Yeah, uh-huh. you, know, you, you hate to you hate to say it, but you know, and, and you you want to be able to pay people who are involved in your book. What what they deserve, but obviously mm-hmm. when you're making your own stuff, you are on a budget. Yeah. So anyway, he just kind of slid his phone across the table and just went. What about this guy? I've just started following him on on Facebook. He's incredible. And it was Lutaro. Right. Okay. Lutaro lives in Argentina. He's from Buenos Aires. All okay. right. So we just got in touch. Got in touch online. I sent mm-hmm. him a script. He was really enthusiastic about it, and 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 we sort of went from there. It was just we've never actually. Spoken to each other Or met each other
0: Alright
1: okay <laughs> uh, But we've communicated a lot We'd, We still chat quite a lot Online yeah. and stuff like You'd that You never know by reading it Because it is Oh he's a great guy I mean he was He yeah. was, was always Yeah we, we went back and forth A lot ah. on uh, On his stuff But his mm-hmm. art's incredible I, You know It was Really really amazing His yeah. uh, Dad runs a uh, A graphic design studio mm-hmm. And uh, He uh, He does a lot of Stuff for like, Cartooning For a, Italian Yeah in European sort of newspapers, pages, sort of spot illustration and stuff like that, So, uh-huh. uh, but yeah, he's, he's a terrific artist and a really nice, a really mm. nice guy. He's got really good expressions, yeah, Everyone, I, I, just, everyone's yeah. face looks lived in or they've, they've experienced. Yeah, no, well it's, obviously it's we're, we're, we're looking at the cover right now and mm. when that dropped into my inbox I genuinely couldn't believe what I was looking at, yeah. it's just an incredibly powerful image mm-hmm. and uh, yeah, no, I, I couldn't believe my luck, so I got got Litaro on board And then the kind of essential component really was getting Colin Bell involved. Colin, I knew uh, just through, you know, the stuff that he'd been doing for other people. Mm -hmm. I kind of knew Colin just from hanging out in the sort of Glasgow comic scene, really. Colin's worked with everybody and done stuff, you know, with and for Mm -hmm. everybody in the community. So uh, when I got Colin involved, Colin introduced me to David Cooper, who did the colouring, and Colin sort of held my hand through the, the sort of unfamiliar process of actually making the book, got it print ready, did all the design, designed the logo, uh, and did, you know, a, a lot, uh, a lot to Ernie's corner on yeah, it, a lot uh, of stuff people don't really think about. You no, know, oh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's all the stuff. Yeah. The, the reason why this this book looks as nice as it does is, is because of Colin. Colin's done all this. Oh. Uh, obviously, and <clears throat> amongst all the, you know, his, his letters second to none yeah. obviously but I think mm. people don't realise the other stuff that, he, that he does it, in yeah. the background. Mm. That that was a godsend because I really didn't know what I was doing. I mean mm. I was I was determined to do it anyway, yeah. but uh, it could have ended up looking a lot worse than this. Like um, one of those photocopied scenes. Yeah, well exactly. <laughs> yeah. I mean the thing is if you know if I was smart at all it was it was to try and get the best people I could get uh-huh. involved in and I knew yeah uh as soon as I saw David's work and uh, I knew Colin was good already. Uh, mm. And obviously, you just have to look at letters art to see that he's Indeed, fantastic. Yeah. So, and I mean, it was the same way, it was the same with Coop. David's stuff's amazing. Were you uh, always planning on
0: having it in colour, or was it originally thought of as black and white?
1: Considered black and white, but mm. just speaking to a, a few other people in the small press, uh, they said, well, you know, you can do but mm. stuff that's in colour gets a lot more attention. People yeah. are used to buying colour comic books. If you mm. want to make it, like as 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 close to the quality of a newsstand, say mm-hmm. you know or a you know a regular issued book. Yeah,
0: that's what to do. You
1: know, yeah, get mm-hmm. it, get it done in colour. Mm-hmm. So so yeah, I mean again, I was just like kind of right. Okay, that's what asked a few people and take the advice that you're given by <laughs> these people who know more than you. Uh, so I did, and that's mm-hmm. uh, that's why we went with a with a with a colour. And again, as I say, uh, Colin put me on a coop, and, mm-hmm. and he did a brilliant job on it. Again, yep. he's like coop's great. You know, really. Uh, you know, fast turnarounds, really professional, has a really good instinct for picking a palette for the, the tone and style of a, bo- a particular book. Yeah. Uh, as you'll see, obviously, he does Sleeping Dogs in an entirely different way mm-hmm. from from how he does Alex Automatic, and uh, he's done a, a, you know a, a very different style again on... Mm-hmm. On the edge of so, so he's, you know, he's, he's great for grateful so you know it's really great to have these guys who are both excellent creators in their own right yeah good writers good good creators uh, coming in and, and you know adding their skills to your book mm-hmm. you know it's uh, so your your name appears on on, on the book but mm-hmm. well, obviously all the guys involved everybody involved including as I say the the, the printer we use Rich Hardiman down in uh, Comic Printing UK. Who again is just an invaluable resource for somebody Fantastic. who, you know, wandering in the door, you know, you could sell me a bag of lemons, kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, you know, but he, yeah, really he, helpful. He's, he's helpful and, and takes mm-hmm. you through the process and always does his best for you. So it's it's uh, that's that's why it looks so good. I'll take, I'll happily take the credit for there it. But it's, <laughs> but it's largely because of uh, the skills of the other, the other people that uh, it looks so good. So off the back of that, how soon
0: after Sleeping Dogs were you? Th- Planning Alex Automatic, or was that something you already had in mind? Well, or?
1: I I basically finished uh, Sleeping Dogs, and I had another idea for something, but mm. I had no real idea of what was coming next. Right. And then uh, James Corcoran contacted me. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't I didn't know James, but I, I knew of him. And I was a fan of his artwork, and because uh, he'd posted a few wee pages here and there, And I'd always thought it would be great to do something with James. But I don't really know him very well. I don't. I, you know, I don't know if I would, you know, have the have the brass neck just to contact him out of the blue. <laughs> but but he did. He mm-hmm. con- he contacted me, uh, and he uh, had this idea, uh, a kind of very rough idea about doing something about a a, a cyborg, mm-hmm. uh, which which looked very different to to, to how Alex turned out. Right. Uh, but we just basically wrestled that concept back and forth for a wee while mm. until we came up with the the concept of Alex Automatic. And that that was how we ended up uh, working on that. That's uh, and and it ended up being yeah you know, just a a brilliant experience. Mm. Uh, I really enjoyed writing it. I think I learned a lot writing it. Yeah. Uh, and uh, and I really love James's artwork and again working with Colin and and David on it. They were the kind of. You know, it was a bit of a gamble doing some of the stuff that we did in that comic. Uh Bringing, you know, having Colin and David involved meant that I knew those. You know, when I was spinning loads of other plates, I knew I had those aspects uncovered You know, they they were they weren't going to let me down, even though like so we were trying a few sort of thematic and and sort of storytelling things. Mm -hmm. That that that, you know, when when we were doing it, we weren't sure we were going to work. Mm-hmm. But I mean, God bless James. Mm-hmm. He just we just went with everything uh, that, that I was trying and delivered. Yeah. Uh, that's an amazing looking book. Again, James, uh, I, I met uh, mm-hmm. latterly, but I didn't know I didn't know him when we started working on the book. Right. Uh, we'd only communicated uh, electronically. I, you know, we were already working on the book by the time I met him. James yep. is based down in London. Right. Okay. Uh, although he is from Glasgow uh-huh. uh, originally, Or uh, well, Paisley, I think actually. Mm-hmm. Me enough, I uh, well, you know, it's, uh, yeah, as I'm sure, I'm sure people with that are from there. But yeah, so that, that was that, that was a fantastic experience. We mm-hmm. did that. Uh, uh, I uh, I think James initially agreed to draw twenty eight pages. Uh, yeah, is so not a bit funny, and, uh, I, and I yeah, well, and I ended up the story itself. I think is thirty six. <laughs> uh, and again, God bless him, he didn't he? Yeah. You know, I, mean, I, I know other artists who would you know be very rude. <laughs> to me about uh, that suggestion, but he was looking at, nice yeah, no, you no problem, uh, and he just sucked it up and and mm-hmm. delivered a great job, and uh, and yeah, we ended up doing it a kind of double size forty eight page, yeah, it looks amazing, yeah, it's an amazing book. Yeah, and amazingly enough, that is James's first full comic. drew. Really? Right? Yeah,
0: wow! One of my favourite things in it is the headquarters cutaway. The headquarters I, cutaway. I'm a sucker for that. Every time yeah, I see it yeah. Is I, I love that. In a Again,
1: look, it's kind of jarring just to throw that in there. Yeah. But we're, you know, obviously when we're telling this kind of story, we're trying to do an update. Mm-hmm. Really, I was thinking about it today. And uh, you know how you get a lot of old concepts that get updated. Mm. Like, for example, when they did the Jim Caviezel, Ian McKellen version of the Prisoner, uh-huh. that nobody watched. Yeah, uh, and was terrible. Mm. They they updated the concept. The idea behind Alex Automatic for me as a writer mm-hmm. is to be a modern writer, but to not not to bring the concept here, but yeah. to take me back the uh-huh. back to the seventies. Yeah. When when these kind of ITC shows yeah. were, were getting made, the kind of Joe 90, yeah. uh, persuaders I kind of shows were something. getting made, and so to do a kind of a, a, a kind of modern, if you like, and, and by modern by modern I mean the kind of uh, late eighties kind of modernist yeah. comic, uh, in the style of a, a of a kids' annual or a seventies, yeah, uh, Biff Pau kind of comic. A bit of yeah, you know, a bit of a nostalgic aspect too, it, but it's really just because the colours and the the characters seem deeper from that period mm-hmm. and and more fun and the clothes are better and you yeah. know just uh, and you know you got stuff like cool cutaways and things yeah, like that I mean, it was and uh, so we, we we threw that in there mm-hmm. uh, again, not sure whether or not you know that that would work or be jarring, but yeah, you know, again the the feedback seems to be that folk liked it. Yeah, so it a mainstay of you know like every time. Kirby brought out a new headquarters.
0: Booth. Yeah, there's the Bas- B- Baxter building. And here's where everything. is. Yeah, oh, I
1: love oh, all that. Yeah, super. absolutely. Yeah, cutaways fantastic. Yeah. It, it's you know, it's a lot of work to ask an artist to do, certainly. Yeah, uh, but uh, and you know, James is working on the current issue, Alex Automatic uh, Number mm. Three, and I think uh, we, we've got a kind of mobile headquarters in, involved in this story, and I think he'll, he, he quite fancies the idea of doing a, a cutaway of that. Nice. Uh, nice. So uh, we'll see whether or not he's able to find time to yeah. do that because again, you know, again we're asking it's, it's a lot to ask uh, you know, an artist just to go, oh just do that, you know. Remember, so, very easy for a writer to come up with, you know, it's <laughs> that whole kinda of, you know, ten thousand zombies come running over the hill kind exactly, of thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's easy for us to come up with stuff like that yeah. but uh, you you yeah, you'll you'll know <laughs> you, you'll you'll know find a lot of folk to work with you if you don't uh, if you don't uh, be considerate to your, your artist. I remember one of the old uh, official
0: handbook of the Marvel Universes was just all equipment and, oh, yeah, and yeah. vehicles and headquarters and it was just
1: a whole book of cutaways of everything and it was great. Yeah, I love <laughs> that all so that. Yeah. And I think it's nice to it's nice to put that kind of stuff in, mm-hmm. and th- and this is the kind of thing that I, you know one of the things that I'm interested in doing with Alex Automatic is stuff like I mean maybe as as I say I do you know but if I you know if, if I could have a a sort of wish list mm-hmm. one of the things that I would like to do with that is is to do a cutaway of this mobile headquarters I was talking about yeah. and maybe have it as a fold-out oh nice Uh, but again it all depends on whether or not that's practical and how much it costs to do Uh, because if it raises the I'm sure they can. Uh, I'm sure they can make it. It's oh just, yeah, you know, yeah. I'm sure they you can. Know. But if it raises the unit price by like you yeah. know, a, a you lot of money, then 20 uh, 20 on, you know, yeah, like, a well, page it would, sure I wouldn't be that much, but it might make it a wee bit less attractive. Yeah. So that's all, you know. That's all the kind of thing when you're making your own books. These are all the kind of things you have to consider. Yeah. you have to kind of uh, budget your dreams mm-hmm. <laughs> a wee bit. Yeah, because uh, your your ideas will be bigger than your budget. That's mm-hmm. uh, that's almost that's almost certainly going to be the case. Yeah. Has it been a conscious decision to make one-and-done comics? Uh, That was the idea. The idea was that I was going to do a series of four or five in ones Mm -hmm. uh, and then maybe collect them as a kind of, you know... Showcase of of yeah, what I could do kind of as a writer, kind of thing. but obviously when we finished mm-hmm. Alex Automatic Number One, which I kind which which kind of works as a one off, oh. we had loads of ideas for other issues. Yeah, and I think as it stands at the minute, it's going to end up being at least eight issues. Oh wow! Because I've got a kind of mini rat coming up in issue four, mm-hmm. which which is really just a kind of a, kind of a mid season break or end of season one, if you like, if it was mm-hmm. a TV show, and then uh, and then a whole. Second storyline that I want to mm-hmm. I want to go into with it, and really and really get into the character and and really get uh, really get wide with it and get strange with it. Yeah, obviously being you know not full time comic creators and mm-hmm. working stiffs that have to go in the N11, yep. Uh that might take us a few years to get done. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're, we're toying with the idea, for example, of even sort of wrapping it number four on Alex maybe next year, mm-hmm. trading the first four issues. Mm-hmm. And then maybe even not releasing the the second arc until it's finished, and then releasing right. that as a as a as a as a follow up trade. Wow. Okay. Uh, we'll see what the practicalities <clears throat> of that are. Yeah. But we've talked about it. Uh, it's just you know, as I say, you, you you have to try and think about practicalities of 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 doing mm-hmm. eight issues of a a yeah. small press indie comic. Over over you know three or four years, uh-huh. how yeah how likely <laughs> are you to retain your audience? But you know I mean, we'll see we'll see how it goes uh, and we'll you know but, but but there's certainly a lot more to come with Alex Automatic. Mm-hmm. Although originally yes that was intended as a one shot Was that uh, kick-started? No, no uh, that was, oh no sorry yes it was. was aye, the first one was uh, yeah. The, yeah, sleeping dogs yeah I, I, that, the sleeping dogs wasn't no, that. Okay. Uh, that that was what basically uh you know reviewed kickstarter or, or uh-huh. crowdfunding to be an essential for me yeah. uh, because I paid for that myself uh and that, uh you know making your own comics costs a lot of money yeah <laughs> it's very expensive uh-huh. you know you're paying your artist your colours, your your letterer all you know not not vast amounts of money uh-huh. but it, it mounts up and then you get your printing costs and yeah. uh, you know it's it, it, it's it's tremendously expensive, mm-hmm. but uh, but yes, yeah, so I we did a Kickstarter for Alex, uh, number one, mm-hmm. uh, which did did well for us, uh, and that was a real. You know, I had absolutely no idea. How that was going to go. That was yeah. my first foray into crowdfunding, uh-huh. and thankfully, because and again, that's you know where the a benefit of having done sleeping dogs comes in mm-hmm. because people kind of knew me from that comic, yeah. Uh, yeah, you know, it's a calling card, we, we, as such. yeah. we yeah. got well, that's exactly how I used it because I, I released that. John Leaves again was kind enough to let me share a table with him at Thought Bubble in 2015, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, you know, I, I sold a lot of. That comic, and uh, I think it caused that. That was uh, out. People knew, some people at least on the scene anyway knew mm-hmm. who I was, and so when Alex came out, I got, yeah, uh, you know, we got a bit of backing on that, but we we generally had no idea mm-hmm. whether or not folk were going to back it or not. It's a real leap into the dark, mm-hmm. uh, but it was worth it for us. We, we obviously we got the funding to make the book, uh, which yeah. was all we were after, and so obviously we followed that up with the second issue.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: That was that was last year, mm-hmm. and uh, and that was you know that did well for us as well. Uh, so we've been able to kick-start two issues of that. Yeah, uh, And, it, you know, obviously it makes things much, much easier because, you know, it's essentially a pre-ordering system. Yeah, that's what I think uh, is, Where yeah. people who are keen on the book uh, can mm-hmm. more or less ensure it gets created and reserve their copy. Yeah, Because yeah, otherwise we would be struggling financially to mm-hmm. to make... A book every two years instead of, yeah. you know, uh, you know. Again, look, like most people, I don't have a lot of spare cash.
0: Yeah, you know,
1: I, 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 you know things just, you know, money, money is tight these days. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's amazing that folk come out and back you. Uh, but as I say, it certainly you know it means that we can make a book, mm-hmm. maybe one or even two books a year, as opposed yeah. to, you know, maybe one a year or one every eighteen months or so.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, I think your your Kickstarter pledge off that was what four hours that was funded in.
1: Four hours, yeah. A I, I new I, I record me that was sort of, yeah, yeah. for me. Unbelievable. And I put that down in a lot of ways to... I mean, one of the things that I've done with all my campaigns on Kickstarter is spent a lot of time telling people it's coming yeah. on mm. Twitter and Facebook. I'm a backer. I was well aware it was coming. so there you Well, go. there you go. So oh, thanks a, very much. That's, that's awesome. A uh, but yeah, Going I mean, forward to it. <laughs> I think I, I was thinking, again, I said another thing I was thinking about today when I was coming in on the train. Uh, about how it must be annoying some people who follow me, mm-hmm. and you know, it's one of these ones. Like, so if I am annoying you with a constant yeah. barrage of promo, <laughs> please do mute me until uh, uh-huh. until the, until mid May. At least i have given uh, you a countdown, you know. Where <laughs> where because is you know, again, as 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 small press creators, you have mm-hmm. to use these resources, yeah. and you really can't expect <clears> people <throat> to uh, find you in the back of one or two tweets. Mm-hmm. Uh, Twitter in particular is a very, a very odd algorithm. Uh, where I think I read somewhere that something in the region of two percent of your followers will see mm. any one tweet. Yeah, it's very hit and miss. Uh, so it's nice is very hit, it's no, very scattergun. Uh, and, and Facebook, you can again, you can do this with Twitter as well. But Facebook, you can you can target people a bit better with, with, with like boosted posts and stuff like uh-huh. that if you've got a wee budget for for doing stuff like that yeah. but as I say you do really just have to bombard uh, people with mm-hmm. there's two reasons for that one is obviously as I've just said a lot of your followers won't see any particular one of your tweets, mm-hmm. but but also a, a lot of people need told something's coming more than once. Yeah, that's you it. You know, it's like yeah. Did you it, think, it's oh, all that's good? Of, and
0: then it's it's gone. There, there'll yeah. still
1: be people who'll see like a tweet that I put up like tomorrow, for example. And go, uh-huh. oh, yeah, I, yeah, mean, oh, I've been meaning to back that. Yeah. You know, because it goes. You know, it's in. You know, obviously we've been absolutely bombarded with information twenty four seven. So mm-hmm. of course it goes. You know, it goes in and it goes straight back out again yep. as the next mm-hmm. as the next thing comes up. Uh, so yeah, so I uh, I do feel quite sorry for people who are only interested in my comic and following <laughs> uh, because they're getting uh, yeah I'm tr- yeah I don't know what else they would follow before right enough but you know I, I do tweet other stuff I'm, yeah. I tend to be on Twitter more than anything else mm-hmm. but yeah it's been a lot of, uh a lot of promo uh, and uh, yeah I get so so yeah I I, I put it down mm-hmm. to the fact that we let a lot of people know that it was coming. Ian's not done a comic for a while, uh-huh. and Ian's got a lot of fans out there, yeah, uh, who are keen to see what he's he's doing. Mm-hmm. Ian's uh, very cleverly, and yeah, it's like, I don't think it's deliberate at all, but he's uh, he's very cleverly cleverly sort of cultivated this uh, recluse reputation. <laughs> he's not really; he's a very personable guy, but uh, he doesn't really do cons very much. He does not really like doing cons. He hasn't done a comic for a while, yeah. so the comic scene I haven't really seen much of him no, since he did. Uh, Emily and, and yeah. Quilt with John mm-hmm. a few years ago, yeah. uh, so again I think that the fact that it's a new comic for me is a factor. Mm-hmm. Obviously the other factors have been that we were able to get uh, Frank Wiley to do a mm-hmm. cover for us, uh, and, and Gary Brown yeah. mm-hmm. uh, to do a cover for us as well, uh, which again we're very fortunate and very grateful for. <laughs> yeah, uh, we've been pals with uh, with Frank for a while, way back to the looks of. Uh, Hope Street days of yeah. you know when when uh, Jamie used to have a lot of people sort of congregating there and just hanging out and, yeah. uh, and on Wednesdays and stuff like that. So we would, mm-hmm. we've been pals since then. Ian actually went back to college later on uh, after I'd been to college room. Mm-hmm. Ian went on to a graphic design course, right. I think it was, or a video production course. Mm-hmm. After we left Comannet College, mm-hmm. I went off and did something else. And he went to this course. I think that's where he met Gary. Right. it was some sort of illustration aspect mm-hmm. to that. Uh, Gary left that and went off to America to the yeah. uh, to uh, Cuba School. Mm-hmm. And, and obviously now is a as a, a, a top professional, mm-hmm. uh, but but Ian's known him for, for a long time. So yeah. uh, he was again very kind and mm-hmm. donated his his time to to, to do his a cover. Uh, so that's been very helpful. Obviously when you've got. Brilliant people like that. So yeah. at the time of recording, uh, the Kickstarter's still with three weeks to run. Yeah, is this is of, yeah, this is seven days. It's been yeah. running. Yeah, we've just mm-hmm. we've just finished, I guess, the first week. Mm-hmm. So yeah, it's doing great. We uh, had a stretch goal to give people a, an A4 print of the the Frank Quietly variant. Oh, nice. And we've gone through that target, and we're currently just about a hundred quid or so away from our second stretch goal, which is to mm-hmm. add a. I uh, printed the Gary uh, oh, Brown nice. variant. Fantastic. Uh, so, as of now, mm-hmm. if you back the you know if you back the book, you get a you get a a Frank quietly print along Super. with it. Uh, digital backers will get a digital equivalent, but mm-hmm. uh, all print backers will get a print copy as well as the comic.
0: So, what's what's the actual premise of the comic?
1: The premise of the comic, now this, this, this is uh, this is where it gets interesting because it's quite an experimental book. Okay. Because what what the proposal mm-hmm. was from uh, from Ian and Ian's always Ian's got loads of great ideas all the time. Mm-hmm. If you go into the pub with him and you start talking about comic book ideas. It will genuinely frustrate you because he'll fire off four or five great ideas mm-hmm. as if they're nothing, right? Uh And it's genuinely very frustrating because you <laughs> you can see in your head what, what Ian could do with these comics, mm-hmm. and and then ov- obviously only he's very picky about what he actually does, yeah. Which is which is fine uh, because there has ideas. But anyway, the idea that he came to me with, we 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 talked about doing something together, mm-hmm. and the idea that he came to me with was what if we take a. A sort of fairly standard crime thriller script. Mm-hmm. I, I'll draw it basically any way I want, and you know, right, I'll draw yeah. it in a really, you know, I'll go wide with it. You know, yeah. so, uh, yeah. Bring in all the kind and of that's in, him that. the kind of horror, <laughs> yeah, the, yeah, the kind of horror influences and in the and the kind of Lynchian influences that Ian's kind of famous yeah, for, he's very stylish, uh, that and just way? do it in that style. Yeah. Uh, and so, I right, said, well, okay, then, yeah, that that sounds as if it could be, it mm-hmm. could be fun. So, so so that's basically how it started off. So I wrote a script, and then uh, we went back and forth on it a few times. Uh, really, this was yeah. It's actually been a yeah. I think I wrote the script or wrote the first version of the script uh-huh. probably a bit of the tail end of twenty fifteen, nearly twenty sixteen. Right. Okay. And we started and stopped it a couple of times. We got we got to a stage where we needed actually drawing a, a few pages of art, mm-hmm. and then we are looking at others. This isn't working, mm-hmm. and uh, so we stopped and went back and looked at the script again and. And we had a couple more chats about what we wanted to do. And we, and we basically worked on the script mm-hmm. sort of together, really, until we were happy that uh, it reflected what we both wanted to do. And it was yeah. kind of like a 50-50 blend mm-hmm. of, uh, of of what we wanted. And uh, once we nailed down what we wanted to do mm-hmm. uh, and how we wanted to do it, Ian had the art done inside four weeks. Oof. It well, just okay. rattled through it, and yeah. uh, because he was—I you know, mean, this is the thing—you know, you, yeah. you get him excited about something, mm-hmm. and get him feeling energized about something. He's—he's he's prolific. He really yeah. is prolific. He delivered the artwork really quickly, uh, and we went from there. Uh, and again, got Colin and, and David involved to to do the lettering. Mm-hmm. Colin's done an amazing job uh, on that. Uh, really creative, and David worked quite closely with Ian. Right which is no normally you would bring David in and he would choose a color palette and mm-hmm. he would chat to him but you would trust David just to get on and mm-hmm. uh, and do that. Yeah. Uh and this wasn't this wasn't an issue with trust at all. It was just that Ian had very specific ideas right, about right. how he wanted the book to look oh. and how certain aspects of it look. Yeah. just to sort, of, sort of put you in the, put you in the picture. Ian has kind of dropped uh, an additional narrative mm-hmm. that runs parallel to the to the you know to the Front end story, if you like, there are sort of images right, okay. within the comic that uh, seem to be drawing you away from the story, uh-huh. but it all ties up at the end. Okay. Is, uh, is that, uh, so uh, and and that's and that's all again, sort of talking about the kind of you know the differences in coloring between, mm-hmm. say, in Alex Automatic, between the sort of re, you know inverted commas reality yeah, scenes see, and, yeah. and Alex's imagined reality. Uh-huh. David uh, does very different coloring there, uh-huh. so there are, obviously there's different styles of coloring. And the edge of depending mm-hmm. on what Ian's trying to tell you,
0: yeah,
1: through the, through the visuals. Uh, so so he worked very closely with uh, with David on that, and David's mm-hmm. done an amazing job. Was uh, that stuff you knew about before? For, well, yeah, well, yeah. Although 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 Ian insists that there, uh, there are aspects of the story that, uh, yeah. that 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 I don't know about that he's <laughs> dropped in there. But uh, he just but, wants but, to make know, sure
0: you read it after all. <laughs> well, that's, uh,
1: well, it, it would always do that anyway. There'd always be we uh, wee nods and no. wee. Uh, and wee things in there that uh, is, uh, is, is is going to drop in. But yes, yeah. I so that's the the idea was that it was so so it was quite experimental. So in mm. that sense, uh, we we wrote the script to kind of break the script if you mm. like, and 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 see what we could make with the pieces. Yeah. And yeah, it, it's turned out to be something I think we're both really proud of actually. It's. But yeah, so it's a great experience working with him because you get you get a lot of input. Yeah. From him as well as the amazing artwork because he's. <laughs> he's He's at least as gifted a writer as he is an artist. Mm-hmm. Uh, easily. Uh, he could easily uh, write, write rings around most people.
0: Yeah. That's on around four
1: weeks. Just to yeah. Know, well, actually, again, it's just yeah. get him, you know, Absolutely as I say, with Ian is, uh, if he's happy with, you know, he's <coughs> happy with an idea. <coughs> and the other thing that's sort of happened more recently for Ian uh, he's become, I think, there was a period in his career where he was interested in, in, in being as, as refined as he could be. Mm-hmm. Uh, in terms of his artwork, yeah, and now he's more concerned about telling the story, yeah, mm-hmm. and getting things down fresh, mm-hmm. uh, and, and not necessarily, you know, it's not it's not fast and and slapdash in any way. Mm-hmm. It's just uh, he's 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 looking at people like uh, Mark Kent and uh, and Jeff Lemire, yeah, who uh, you know you you maybe wouldn't say are, are the are the greatest technical mm-hmm. artists in the world, but. But the style, but yeah. boy, their comics are amazing. Yeah. You know, the mm-hmm. the artwork tells the story brilliantly, absolutely, yeah. and suits the suits the type of stories that they're telling. Mm-hmm. So, uh, so I think he was kind of inspired by things like, like Royal City, yeah, uh, and uh, and and Black Hammer, uh, yeah. which we we both love. Yeah, it's outstanding. Uh, just to just to get the you know serve the story. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I think, as I say, once you know, once he clicked into that mind frame, he was it was really it uh-huh. was really enthused, and just uh, there were times where I was getting emails from him two, three times a day, and I'm going, to <laughs> need to remember to eat, and come up for air. Uh, yeah. But yeah, it, yeah, it was great. It was it was brilliant because uh, you know his back being, uh, if you follow him on social media, you mm. see he's sketching all the time now, and he's back yeah. being as prolific as he's ever been. Fantastic. Uh,
0: so you mentioned Black Hammer there. Is there any other like current comics you're into at the moment?
1: Oh well, yeah, I, uh because I, I, I've I, I kind of fell away from buying and print for a long time. Mm-hmm. Just basically through space. My you know the, the the room where my comics is in the house is very much like the room here, <laughs> 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 where i just surrounded by comics paraphernalia and, and boxes of uh, boxes yeah, of comics. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure a lot most of us, of us do. Uh, think, uh, yeah. so, so, but I'm literally, you know, I, I literally expect one day to be. To be found, you know, underneath a pile of of books, and he was like, you know, but that's lots. the dream. Yeah, that's
0: that's that's the, the dream. Yeah, that's <laughs>
1: that, that's how he would have wanted to go, kind of thing. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. But uh, so, so I didn't buy print for a while uh-huh. because it was just getting ridiculous, and I pared down my collection and stuff like that. However, mm-hmm. I started buying. I think it was it was I think it was when Doom Patrol came out and. Jared uh, Weiss uh, right. and, and Nick Dennington's Doom Patrol came out. Mm-hmm. I thought, right, okay, well, I've got to buy that and print. This looks great. Yeah. Uh, so I started buying that, and then Black Hammer, mm-hmm. uh, and uh, and then all the Black Hammer spin-offs, <laughs> uh, and um, and then the 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 Black Crown stuff came out like uh, yeah. Kid Lobotomy really and. Interesting. Uh, and uh, punk's not dead and stuff like mm-hmm. that, and uh, just obviously anything Shelley Bonds involved in I'm mm-hmm. I'm there with bells on. So yeah. I've started buying all that, Mr. On. Miracle. That's uh, outstanding, yeah, yeah, there's some astonishing comics out there. Mm-hmm. So so I'm buying all that. Uh, Ed Piskar's, uh X-Men wow, thing is, is amazing. Isn't yeah. Uh, so I got the I got the outsized version of that quite right too. It's the best way <laughs> to read it. It's fantastic. It yeah, way it's, way it. It's, it, I can't even buy stuff like yeah. that. The, the treasure, a treasury edition with Ed Pascal. You can read that digitally There's there's no point in that. No, I know, <laughs> so there, You have really? to I have mean, that. I mean, yeah, that's I mean amazing. half the, and that's that's something that uh, digital will struggle to replace. Yeah, it doesn't. It smell, did, really. it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I mean, I was uh, what was I was reading the other day? I was sitting reading a comic, and actually, I got a whiff. I've looked mm-hmm. at benzene off the page, and I was just like, "Oh man, <laughs> that's because like, yeah, it's just that comic smell." Uh-huh. <laughs> you know, it's, it sounds weird, but, uh, but it's true. It sounds it's... weirdly fetishistic, but, but, it's, part but it is, it's, a, it's part of the experience. Yeah. And just you know, it's a lovely, it's a lovely thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so yeah, yeah. So I'm back buying print, big style again. Against incident. my better judgment, because <laughs> uh, again I, I, I live in Falkirk, and uh, recently the comic book store in Falkirk closed, so I don't All even right. have a local shop. So yeah, so, uh, I, I have to uh, pick up stuff from from here when I'm when I'm in town. Okay. But yeah, but I, uh, there, There's a lot of great stuff going out. I mean, comics again. If you saw the Eisner nominations yesterday, comics mm. are in tremendous health. There's such a great variety of yeah, stuff out absolutely. there. Uh, I was delighted to see, for example, Tilly Walden getting a a nomination. I kind of think she's maybe a genius because mm. uh, <laughs> I, 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 I read uh, on a sunbeam. Right. Uh, because it, <clears throat> it, it, uh, on a sunbeam, one best comic of the year poll that Alex Automatic was in the running for. We finished. Oh, okay. We finished fifth, which you know isn't bad at all. Mm-hmm. Uh, but that one, her stuff's amazing. I think she's. I mean, she's in her early twenties or something. She's get. You know, oh well. <laughs> she, so, sort of, you know, she's has a, a lot of, uh, a, you know, a, a, a lot of time to, mm-hmm. uh, to, to really make a huge mark in comics, yeah. I think. And just, you know, loads of people again, you know, it's like Jeff Myers has been nominated, and, mm-hmm. and Mark Kent, and people are uh, loads of people I really like. Yeah. Uh, the Black Bolt uh, ah, that series it was, uh, was terrific. That was uh, the, that's been nominated. I really enjoyed that. And again,
0: it's one of these things that hardly anyone read. I think it flew under a lot of. Yeah, Australia. I don't know
1: why. Because yeah. uh, you know, I, I don't know. I always liked I, I always liked those kind of comics where somebody would take maybe a character who was a bit underused, yeah, a character who was a was a team character if you like. Because mm-hmm. obviously Black Bolt's always been yeah part of the Inhumans and saying nothing,
0: you ah, know? exactly, so, you and, know,
1: <laughs> and putting it's... them in a context where uh, you know obviously they had to they had to have them yeah they had to have a story built around them. Ah. Uh, and uh, yeah, and uh, I, I thought that was a really cool. I it was a really cool comic. I always like comics like that, where they where they spun a character out, yeah, uh, and uh, and and gave them maybe six or twelve issues, yeah. to to kind of shine by there's, themselves. There's more
0: fun with the minor characters because they can do more with yeah, them. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I've, I've always loved stuff
1: like that. I yeah. always, you know, I always enjoyed stuff like, uh, like, like the great. Yeah, you know, I always did the sort of comedy stuff that they did, like the Great Lakes Avengers and stuff like yeah, that. That's it, yeah, that's fantastic. Yeah. Mm. Terrific, fun, wee comic. Yeah. Where, of course, obviously Squirrel Girl, Squirrel Girl came from. Of course, yes. Uh, who knew all those years ago that she would spin out <laughs> to be a successful character? Yeah. Uh, but yeah. Stuff uh, like Justice League International as well. Oh, that yeah, yeah
0: I love all that. But I they, mean, it's... they did a great thing of having a lot of comedy and then mega heavy dramatic bits. Oh, yeah, you had that, yeah. so, and, oh, that was so good.
1: And they really dropped those dramatic beats. Mm-hmm right on you but yeah i mean justice league as it was originally and then mm-hmm. obviously justice league international uh was a, a tremendous comic and that was yeah. probably one of the that was another one that I, when i started started buying comics again in the 80s that was mm-hmm. just getting started it was 87 yeah. that it started so I, could, yeah. I got the first was, few weird as well
0: because just everything else in comics is going darker yeah this popped it was up. exactly what was needed and yeah it was and it was like the flagship dc team you know um, it's,
1: yeah, it's I, so I, bizarre i was, I was again I was, the, we had a chat there was a chat online today about grimdark comic book movies and yeah uh, and how mostly you know why why they don't work mm-hmm. uh, a lot of the time and uh, yeah i think one of the things that, that was brought up is obviously alan moore's kind of horror at the the fact that Watchmen and killing joke gave rise to yeah the sort of grim dark sort of comic books that... that Forevermore. <laughs> yeah, like, well, this is the thing. I mean, it's fine maybe doing them every now and again, but, yeah, yeah. We're, we're, we're 30 years on and folk mm-hmm. are still doing it. And we're now just starting, I think, to have different and interesting takes on Batman yeah. after Dark Knight Returns. Yeah. Basically ruin Well, not ruined the character, but made that character very... Mm-hmm. Uh, very grim for very a one long note. time.
0: One think. yeah, right. I,
1: so There was that you know that set the tone yeah. for how you did mm-hmm. Batman for a long time. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think really when Grant Morrison came
0: along, he kind of like looked at some of the wackiness of the Silver Age and yeah. stuff. I thought, hang on, let's play about with this. It really Hell was, that. yeah. And right now, Tom King's kind of doing the same, except with the Bronze yeah. Age. Yeah, and, and, and so, I think in, in between I mean, him, Scott, Scott so Snyder yeah. and
1: Greg Capullo did a fantastic run on it as well. Absolutely, yeah. Uh, and, uh, you know, really, really good fun. Mm-hmm. But, yeah, for a long time it was very grim, very dark, yeah. uh, and very in the style of mm-hmm. uh, Dark Knight Returns, which, again, I don't think Frank Miller intended to, yeah. to set the tone for 30 years on that character. No. The only person who really bucked the trend after that was Mike Barr and Alan Davis yeah. when they did they did a slightly more playful version oh they version. did that great uh, run in Detective that's right yeah. yeah really nice it was a very short run but, yeah. uh, With but Ro- Robin it... going into the bar and ordering a milk yeah you know, that, that, that was, that, really, that was yeah, it was some really lovely <laughs> stuff it's a really really cool wee Mad Hatter story yeah and, that was great yeah huh? uh, yeah, there was the yeah that, that was the only one for me that, that I can think of that really sort of bucked that. That just came it as, as a trade. Last,
0: yeah, last I mean it took anything? it yeah. took them that's a long
1: serious. time to trade it. Yeah, uh, mm-hmm. it was in the Alan Davis Legends mm-hmm. book. Yeah, uh, which I never bought because I really didn't like the <laughs> I really didn't like the page quality. The, the glossy, yeah, uh, yeah. I, know, yeah. I, I like maths. But I've got, I've got my old issues yeah. of it. that no, I'll occasionally it, yeah. bring out. Yeah. Uh, but that's, that's absolutely gorgeous comic. That's but yeah. the actual issue as well it was, yeah, was yeah fantastic yeah. yeah again you know so stuff that yeah that, that was that was a really good run mm-hmm. that uh, a really good uh, anniversary issue where he solves a crime with Sherlock Holmes and stuff. Oh, like. I forgot
0: about that one.
1: Uh, yeah, so, so good. But yeah, I like that, and I like yeah, I mean, I don't, I don't necessarily have anything against Dark Batman stories. Uh-huh. I, obviously, Dark Knight Returns is one of my favourite comic books of yeah. all the time. But, uh, did, but it's does, not does it doesn't all have to be like that. You have to go to <laughs> just <laughs> as fond of uh, yeah. an Adam West style Batman as yeah. I am of a mm-hmm. uh, of a Christian Bale style, if you like. You know. Uh, yeah that, that, that Miller style Did
0: you read any of the Batman sixty six series?
1: I, I haven't actually. Well, that that oh, I, I tell crazy. a lie. I've read some of uh-huh. it, uh, but I haven't read a, a significant enough chunk to yeah. really uh, to really comment on it. It's uh, two or three issues. Ian for example, Laurie for example, yeah. keeps telling me it would be right up my street. Yeah. Because uh, you know he's 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 the biggest Batman fan I know. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, so he's he reads pretty much everything. Cool. Uh, so yeah. So again, I, again, I, I'm 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 wondering what the question was before I went no, off and I ramble for about half No, it's you reading,
0: so that's. Uh, but yeah, I read theory.
1: stuff all the time. I've got the I've got the Marvel Unlimited app, right. which is great for delving into mm-hmm. old stuff, mm-hmm. runs of stuff that you can't get anymore, or mm-hmm. or things that you that you you maybe you know. No offense to you guys, but can't afford to buy in a shop. Like uh, for example, I've just just started rereading Alpha Flight. Oh, nice. uh, which I haven't read since the 80s, since mm-hmm. uh, since it started coming out or thing. Yeah, oh, so uh, and that's great. And uh, yeah, Walt Simonson's Thor, and just yeah, trying to get through. I've started. I did read. Uh, I read quite a few of the the image books, mm-hmm. but I kind of let stuff pile up for a while. Uh, yeah. So I had. So I took some time when I was off on holiday a couple of weeks ago just to read stuff. Uh, Revivals a great comic book. Mm-hmm. Really like that. Uh, east or West is amazing, obviously Hickman's yeah. in- incredible and Dregotta's art's just unbelievable yeah. Deadly Class is such a brilliant comic yeah. I just got to the, I just got to the end of the season one oh, right, okay. mic drop oh, Okay. Uh, yeah. so I'll, I won't spoil it for nope, anybody who's fine. not read that's that okay. but oh my god <laughs> <laughs> I genuinely couldn't believe what nope. happened nope. That's, that's... Uh, that was that was incredible <laughs> yeah. uh, uh, there's a great comic book that I don't think a lot of people read called Manifest Destiny oh yes uh-huh. uh, it's just mm. absolutely brilliant it's yeah. uh, Lewis and Clark mm-hmm. uh, exploring the American frontier. As opposed to frontier. Lewis and Clark, yeah. Huh. Well, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but obviously, yeah, the, the, basically, so Lewis and Clark, mm-hmm. uh, American explorers who discovered the American frontier. Mm-hmm. But what they've basically done is, what if the American frontier was infested with, with all kinds of deadly monsters? Yeah. Uh, and it's <laughs> a, a, and j- just this basic, you know, this troop of... Uh, Doomed people trying mm-hmm. to trying to get to safety as yeah. they uh, traverse this uh, hostile. You know they genuinely don't know what's coming next ah. for them. They just know it's going to be terrible. <laughs> uh, and you know that's a really beautifully drawn uh, comic book and uh, just a terrific. Uh, that that's been really good. That's really built really well, and they've they've managed to sustain the tension and the and mm-hmm. the drama in that one really well. Yeah. Uh, on that on that premise, what else is really good? Uh, Southern Bastards, mm-hmm. amazing. Uh, but yeah, uh, loads uh, of great stuff out there. They didn't kill it, but killed at all. Uh well, again, I usually, I usually read yeah. the uh, the Brew Baker Philip mm-hmm. stuff, but I missed the first few issues, of that. I, oh, really, okay. so, uh, I'll pick it okay. up at some point. Oh, I think it's my favorite of the things i have done. They're, yeah, they're loads right, of people so are so saying yeah. it's great. Yeah. So I mean, and obviously, I, I know their stuff from the, the criminal stuff. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's one of these ways. It's that it's fantastic. fantastic. I don't really know where the story's going to go now. I don't think it's gonna last that much longer, yeah. but I really don't
0: know where it's gonna go. I really like that, and, and,
1: and, yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Uh, I mean, again, most most comics aren't going to change the world, you know, most mm. or, or even change the world of comics, if you like. You yeah. Know? And uh, you know, I think a lot of people think that for a comic to be inverted, comic is great or good. It has to be like Watchmen, or it has to be the this this touchstone. Mm-hmm. Uh, for me, a really good comic is is, is as good uh, as you know. It's perfectly valid for it just to be as good as like a good TV show. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, just a great bit of entertainment. Absolutely. And I really like how there's a lot of writers mm-hmm. just now: bru Baker, Rick Remender, mm-hmm. uh, Jason Aaron, mm-hmm. uh, a lot of writers like that. like Gail Simone and Clean Room Man. What a comic yeah. that was! Who are just, you know, they're really surprising you. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll hit you with something that maybe seems like uh, a a, kind of high concept idea, a finite idea. Uh And uh, the the way they keep pulling ideas out of the bag to keep the comics... Going to keep the story going and the drama going. Some really, really clever and innovative work going on in comics Absolutely, just now. Yeah. and and that's and that's right. I say right in the smack of the the kind of what you would call the entertainment section of comics. I guess yeah. Nobody's trying to reinvent the wheel here. They're just telling great stories. Mm-hmm. So again, these are comics that maybe the yeah I guess the, you know, the your your observer reader would not not necessarily be interested in. Yeah. Uh, but for me, there's, there's just a lot of skill and craft in, in those. Uh, in those books fantastic good stuff well I think we're going to wrap up there if that's okay with you
0: but uh, if anyone wants to find you on Twitter or Facebook where will they get you
1: Uh, I am at FraserC69 on Twitter Uh, that's probably the best place to hit me up right okay fair enough Facebook I don't really what do you do 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 you just put somebody's name (laughs) in the search filter I'm terrible with Facebook I I use it uh, but uh, I'm I'm old now and find it very confusing, <laughs> uh, but uh, but yeah. So Twitter's probably the best yeah. place to find me. That's where I'm most active. And for the next three uh, weeks, uh, Kickstarter probably. Well, best place yes, to find I you. obviously so, yes. Please, yeah, you know, not to uh, not not to mince words. Please do back our Kickstarter. It is great. Uh, As I said, I
0: have backed it, so you know it's.
1: Yeah, well, you know, so. if people want to have a look, then yes, I just search for the edge off and and mm-hmm. uh, Kickstarter, there we are. Uh, or you'll find. Numerous links on my my (laughs) Twitter feed uh, as I I try and get the word out there. Uh, And have a look, and uh, you'll see uh, the the reward levels we have. We've got, like I say, two really cool variant covers. Mm -hmm. Ian's regular cover ain't half bad either. Uh, We've got a level where you can, you know, if you you can't choose between them, you can buy Mm -hmm. all three. Digital rewards, if you've only got a couple of quid... Then you know, mm-hmm. and it is all funded, so you're guaranteed to getting it. Yeah, so you're going, you're it's definitely going to get it. Plus, as I said, because we're funded and we've hit our first stretch goal, mm-hmm. uh, and I'm relatively confident. Fingers crossed that we'll get a second. Mm-hmm. You're going to get those prints as well, as well as Fantastic. your comics. So, free stuff. Indeed, can't say fairer than that. And uh, and a comic book that, uh, as I say, we're we're really happy with and uh, and seems to be we've got some nice reviews and mm-hmm. people seem to be uh, quite enthusiastic about it. So, yep. yes, we'd you know, come one, come all. Indeed, I'm dying to read it. So, Fraser,
0: thanks very much for joining us. Not at all, thank all you. Right, cheers, thank you.